You're listening to another ambitious entrepreneurnetwork.com podcast, the voice for entrepreneurs and small business. Now, onto the show. Welcome to Smart Connect Podcast, the podcast for small to medium sized enterprises. Join your host, Anne Marie Cross, as she interviews business experts and industry thought leaders on best practice initiatives, innovation, and insights to help you grow your business. Now, over to your host. And welcome to another episode of Smart Connect Podcast. This is episode 18, where we feature business experts and industry thought leaders to help you effectively navigate a constantly changing and disruptive marketplace. And yes, I'm your host, Anne-Marie Cross. Now, joining me on today's show is Lisa Wicking. And Lisa is a leadership expert. She's committed to helping business owners understand basic human behavior so they can get the best out of their people for maximum results. She's worked with the Flight Center for over 11 years and has run a small business through the GFC and doubling her turnover year on year. This experience combined with her NLP master's qualifications provides her with a tried and tested methodology which when implemented enables leaders to reduce their staff turnover, something that many companies struggle with as well as increase their productivity. Now on today's show Lisa's going to speak about best practice benchmarks around creating a productive and harmonious working environment where people achieve their greatest potential. She's going to share two of the biggest drivers of human behavior that affects your workplace. She's going to talk about how your structure or even lack of structure impacts your business results. She's also going to help you understand that people will find the shortest route to the outcome. And now that you know this, what you need to do in order to create and sustain a productive and a harmonious working environment. Uh, Welcome to the show, Lisa. Thank you very much, Emery. It's lovely to be here. This is something that so many businesses struggle with, creating an environment in which they have a top performing team, productive and and harmonious. So this best practice benchmark, creating a productive and a harmonious working environment is certainly something that all businesses should, uh, should have in place. Why do you think, from your perspective of working in this area for so many years, why do you think it's so important? Well, Amory, I was one of those staff that was unhappy and disengaged and unmotivated and hated being at work and and really to the point where I I would go home and I was miserable. I loved the job that I was doing but I hated the environment that I found myself in. And so as I progressed through my career, I sort of wanted to learn what it was that it took to not have your team hate their job. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Because I'd imagine that when you were working in that environment, many of your fellow colleagues probably left because they really did not enjoy the environment in which they were were working. Oh, absolutely. So as, as an individual, all of us actually, the team, were very unsuccessful. We weren't productive and we didn't achieve what we was our targets that we were set to achieve. Yes. Um, and as a result, the business didn't achieve the targets needed to achieve as well. Towards the end of, of that team that I've started in, there was nobody left. Everybody had resigned. Oh, <laughs> it was just me left. Wow. And obviously you were able to recognise, take a step back, recognise, all right, what's not working, 
implement mm. some key steps and of course you're, we're going to be talking about those uh, yeah. today. I know a lot of businesses what they tend to do is when they don't see the outcomes um, being generated whether it be an income product you know productivity more customers to the business they tend to put even more pressure on a team thinking well you know they're not working hard enough because the results aren't there so let's put even more pressure on the team. That is an absolute mistake. No no what other mistakes do you see occurring that's negatively impacting their business because they're not creating a productive and harmonious working environment? One of the biggest ones I think is that business owner will prioritise the customers or, or the clients and will focus their attention completely on the customers and what they're not getting and, and, and reprimand the employees for, for maybe poor service or, or a poor customer experience or their whole focus is on the customer, mm. which is not a bad thing. However, I see, I like to see this, the business as like a cycle and, and there's four different parties in this cycle and each party is responsible for taking care of the next party and then the next party takes care of the next. And so the business owner's role I see is responsible for taking care of the employees because uh, when a business owner is, is in the business, they as one person cannot physically look after all of the customers of that business. Right. And so they need the team on board, uh, feeling empowered, feeling positive, to be able to then look after the customers. Yes. And when the team does look after the customers and the customers are happy, that's when the customers can look after the business. And when the customers look after the business, then the business looks after the owner. So mm. it's, it's, it's a cyclical result, but it starts with the business owner looking after their customers. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Uh, after their employees their yeah. so that, yeah, the employees can then um, support their, their customers, which in turn, Correct. that makes absolute sense. So why do you think then that the business owners tend to jump and, and really neglect their employees and go straight to the customer? Are there other things that are missing that typically are not provided providing that, that environment that creates that supportive cyclical uh, process? Well, there's lots of things that are missing. I think the reason they do it, it's a natural a natural response for business owners. They care about their customers. They want to make sure that their customers are happy because they know that the customers are key to the success of the business. But it's really important that the people, are, the team are included in that. And a couple of other things that they do that hinders the positivity and the empowered behaviour of the employees mm -hmm. is not setting clear expectations. And, and we, I'm sure we've all had this at some point in time where we've had moving goals posts so we achieve something but then oh no that's not good enough I wanted this or and then you achieve something else it's like, no, that, that's not what I wanted I wanted this and that can be be quite demoralizing and quite frustrating and to the point where people can just switch off oh absolutely I've seen that happen Lisa I remember years ago at my last job that was many decades ago and we were fabricating we were manufacturers I won't say what in case someone's listening and yeah. thinks aha I know who you're talking about <laughs> but the manager would often or the leader would often get a call from a client to go oh you know we've decided we need to work on that project so the whole back team the production team would have worked you know set up the work environment to create the these particular items and then out would rush the managing director and say sorry we've got to stop that we've got to move on to this and that would change regularly during the day to the point where the four person came up to me and said can you just lock him in his office and don't let him in because he's <laughs> causing real issues once you understand that then you can make better and clearer choices for sure exactly and I think I think it's about understanding how humans operate like I mean we're all different but we all have these main basic human 
drivers or behaviors that everybody has and so if you understand these things you can create and build the environment so that you use them for positive results rather than destroying your your results because you're not meeting these needs. So yeah, absolutely. And often, you know, as leaders, I think sometimes it's very easy to pass the blame or to look for the blame in other people. But as leaders yeah. of our business, as the head of our business, we are responsible for the results that our team are providing. And by yep. not setting clear expect expectations, that's not on them, that's on yep. us. We need to step back and get those expectations. Are there any other things that you kind of see as a real umbrella is a real issue that's not happening because then we're going to dive into some of the real key steps that have yeah. to be put into place. The other thing that I see leaders not doing a lot, which is also to the detriment of, of the business, and that is holding people accountable. Mm. Um, now, you can't hold people accountable if you don't have anything to hold them accountable to. So that's why expectations are so important. But but accountability and follow-up are crucial in, in business because if you don't do that, then people can do whatever they like. They can say, yes, I'll do that, and then do nothing. That leaves the business in, in turmoil and certainly not creating uh, the results that, that the business owner is looking for. Yeah, absolutely. And I think also, too, that accountability and not having those specific measurements and, and, and expectations in, in place, often the leader will jump in and try and do something because it's like, well, I'll do it myself because then I know oh, that it gets yes. done properly. But that's not our, the best use of our time and we're not empowering our team to be able to step forward and do yeah. those tasks. So what we're going to do now is there's some key steps that you know are so important. They're vital to put yes. into place to en enable you to achieve best practice benchmarking. Now, what we're going to do today is we're going to cover what they are, give a bit of an explanation. And of course, these are going to be used for people who are listening today as more of a, a key indicator that, oh, okay, I don't really have this in place. So yeah. therefore, of course, once they recognize, okay, these are the key things I need to work on, of course, we'll share how they can reach out and find out more about how you can support them. So thinking about creating a productive and harmonious working environment, what are the key steps that we need to, to have in place so that we can have these best practice benchmarking parameters? So, so the first one, which is what we've already discussed in a, a little bit of detail, is, is the need for expectations. If you think about being in an environment and there's a desired outcome, it's important to understand what role you play in that outcome. Mm. And so it's really important that Business owners have very clearly identified job descriptions and also expectations. And there's a difference here, and I'll let me just describe the difference or explain the difference between the two. Job descriptions are all the tasks, all the actions that are required for that person to complete the role that they were employed to, to do. Uh, so it's fairly straightforward. Um, any action that you expect of this person needs to be documented in their job, job description. That comes with a, an outcome of that role so that it's very clear of the purpose of why they're in this position. And then expectations are everything else that is required from this person to be successful in this environment. And these are things that you typically don't find in a job description, such as attitude. So what attitude do you expect people to bring to this culture, to the work environment? What does it look like to be on time? You know, we say we're starting at nine. Does that mean walking in at nine o'clock, then making your coffee and then doing, having a bit of a chat and then mm. starting work, you know, at 9.30? Those things that are not clearly communicated don't go on a job description but are essential for the success mm. and the harmony of 
the environment as a whole. That makes so much sense because now you've got your clear tasks, step by step, all of those various aspects that enable an outcome to be generated, to be achieved, but it's how we do that, how we approach, what's the attitude. That's great, great explanation between the difference of expectations and job descriptions. And I know many organisations think that they have got a clear job description, but if they would go and ask their team, are you really clear on what, what's expected of you? I'm sure they would say, well, actually, yeah. no, no, not so much. I would love it to be a lot clearer. What's another step we need to be mindful of? Well, once you've got these expectations and the job description clear, and, and, and when it's clear, it needs to be documented and I certainly encourage every business owner to have their uh, expectations up in a, in a communal area so that it's documented and written down so everybody can see because that means that they're able to review it easily. It's not something that you do and then just shove it in a drawer somewhere and never look at it again. Mm. And the reason for that is that the next step in creating this uh, amazing uh, working environment is to hold your people accountable to those expectations and to that job description otherwise it's just wasted bit of paper mm. talking about accountability i mean obviously there are going to be instances where if you can see that an expectation or maybe one of the job functions uh, in the job description hasn't been completed appropriately you would call that person aside and and check in to make sure that you know they'd understood and, and is, is there anything that we need to do that'll enable you to be able to perform that role with the right attitude but would you say that there are also some suggested time frames that we should check in kind of the open door policy that will enable the team to be able to feel comfortable in coming forward and expressing, uh, you know, maybe they've got some concerns. Any kind of thoughts around that? Of course. It's certainly uh, open communication is crucial when, when it comes to leading a team. Mm. Your team need to feel confident and comfortable to, to approach you, you know, to talk about something that they're having trouble with or to talk about something that they're, they're finding difficult. And uh, the more comfortable they feel in your environment to be able to do that, the more empowered and successful they'll be because they're building their confidence as their skill set develops. Yeah, we want yes. to make sure that we continue to create an environment. What's going to be helpful for you, you know, every time that we check up? Because I even heard somewhere, and look, correct me if I'm wrong, that, you know, the annual or the, the, the quarterly or whatever, all of the, you know, the, the processes of the, the accountabilities that mm -hmm. HR used to do, it's quite yep. different now, isn't it? It really has evolved. Absolutely, absolutely. And it's, and it's important that that accountability or that, that review process is in line with the expectations and the job description. Yes. So if, if it's completely different to what the role entails, then it doesn't help the person or the individual improve and refine their skills. So yeah. the conversation in a review definitely must be in line with what their job description is and how they're performing against that job description. And it's a very simple review to do when, when you have that structure in place. Yeah, absolutely. And of course, as you we mentioned in your um, introduction, you are uh, someone who's very passionate about a human behaviour. And as we know, you might have four people in your team and every single one of them has a different way of communicating, approaching yes. things. And so when you're looking about setting up a structure in which you can give them feedback and they can provide you feedback, maybe very different. Um, yes, so that's something you need to take into consideration, isn't it? Absolutely. And the reason why I'm passionate about human behaviour is because it has such an impact. And, and you know, as leaders and business owners, we try and 
we've got such a big to-do list and you know so many things to do but when we understand the nature of human behavior then all of a sudden we become more in flow we're able to utilize our people and and empower them use their skill set to help us remove some stuff off our to-do list and and put it onto theirs that's right everything will flow far more smoothly they'll feel more empowered they'll have the appreciation that they can make some decisions and not necessarily be micromanaged because of the fact that they know exactly what they need to achieve how they need to achieve it their the right attitude let's talk about the next step what what else do we need to be mindful of So the next step is to be very clear on where you're going, what direction the business is heading. And this is in the the form of the vision of the business. The vision I like to describe is very simply the picture or image of what success looks like Mm. uh, in the future. And so when you have the vision, it gives you a big reason why. So this is, this is an abstract image. It's not certainly not something that has a lot of detail in it. Mm -hmm. It's, It's just whatever the team decides is, is what success looks like in the future coming from the business owner initially. A statement that we have in coaching a lot is given a big enough reason why the how will look after itself. So when we know why we're doing what we're doing, then it's much easier to get out of bed every morning. It's much easier to face the tough times. It's much easier to get through a difficult situation because you've got that vision, that big reason why in the background pulling you through. Yeah, and you can imagine if you've got a team, even if it's a small team or a larger team, if they're all aligned for the vision and they they have buy into it and they're passionate about it, they're going to continue in their approach, their attitude and the steps that they take every day working towards a unified collaborative achievement of that. I I love it. People love to feel like they're a part of something bigger than just themselves. Yeah, absolutely. And of course, a happy environment, a happy manager, manager, happy leaders, happy business owners. What's the next step we need to be mindful of? Once you're clear on and the vision and where you want to take the business and what success looks like, then it's about getting more specific and, and specific in terms of what are the actual goals for the business. And goals must be specific as in numbered or measured. It could be what's your turnover goal or what's your staff retention goal? What's your customer retention goal? Whatever the goals are in the business that's relevant to the business, they must be numbered so Mm -hmm. that you can very clearly say, okay, we're not there yet, but each week, each month, each quarter, you can review and say, okay, this is where we're at in relation to the goal. Very important. I think it is all business owners, we know just how important goals are, but maybe we need to go back and really see, is there a specific measurement? Are people aware? Do they know? Have we communicated that to our team? What other steps do we need to be aware of? Well, once you're clear on the goals, then it's a a matter of identifying the strategies you have to achieve those goals. And this is really where it's important that the team play a part in deciding what these are. Often uh, what we do as business owners is, is we think we know best, but if we're not on the front line, if we're not in the trenches, so to speak, mm. we don't necessarily know what really works well and what doesn't. And and our people on the front line do. They, they're in it every day. They, they do the work every day. So it's really important to get their input into what strategies are going to be useful or, or the most likely to move you towards the goals that you're looking to achieve. One of the key things I think that is a takeaway for that is, you know, if as business owners, we can put into place some strategies that we think are going to, to work. However, by participating our team, getting buy-in and getting their suggestions, because mm they are on the ground they're actually 
every single day following those strategies and I'm sure and this is where we empower our team they may come up with a way that we can eliminate some outdated processes or things yeah. that can be sped up things that can be automated so I think as business owners by taking a step back and letting them contribute ideas and saying hey you know by implementing that change to that strategy we have just saved 20% of time on that that's going to impact the bottom line so creating an environment that allows the team to step forward and contribute that way I'd imagine too because they've got buy-in they feel that ownership. they're really contributing absolutely and, and when they have a sense of ownership then they care brilliant brilliant yeah. <laughs> I love it I'm getting all excited here because <laughs> because really as as the steps that you you are sharing they really make sense one builds on another and I think one of the things we're going to share at the end all of these are important like you can have three of them that are strong and if you haven't got the other ones in place it doesn't matter how strong the others are you need all of these these are key foundations just like a foundation of a building if you don't have all of the foundations right part of the building is going to shake so what else do we need to be mindful of what's the next step once you've got the the understanding of the vision the goals and the strategy then then it's about building a structure around that and so a vision goals and strategies is a basic business plan and it's got nothing that you wouldn't use it's it's all meant to be very relevant information and so you extract the information the relevant information from that business plan into templates so templates of your business meeting mm -hmm. so if you are having if you have a weekly business meeting with your team and you're talking about irrelevant stuff or, or you there's no structure to it or you're here and there and all over the place it's not going to mean much to your team it's not going to have the impact that maybe you're looking for it to have so by having this structure of so the the, the goals that you're looking to achieve and then reviewing the strategies on a weekly basis to see if they're working gives the structure, gives the team structure so that they know exactly what the meeting will be about. It'll be mm. different every week. The framework of each meeting will be the same and that gives them the certainty, which we'll, I guess we'll talk about in a minute, the certainty they need in order to take away from the meeting what they need to rather than just trying to flounder, trying to make mm. sure that they don't get caught on something that they don't know the answer to in that meeting. You gave the example of a, a template, it's like a structure, a process, yeah. step by step of a business yeah. meeting. I'd imagine that we can implement some of these structures and templates across all areas of our business. For instance, how do our team handle um, an escalating customer service complaint? Yeah. Like if there's different steps, like level one, um, if we address yeah. it in this manner, then hopefully it's not gonna escalate to, to, all right, we really need to get a manager on board to, to address this. It really empowers our team to know the you know what to do in order yeah. to handle cases I'd imagine that as a business continues to build the these they are also going to go in that communal area so people can contribute maybe update it because there may be a better process but once it's in place everybody knows where to access it or the people who are responsible for that particular area so that yes. they can be empowered and, and knowing okay this is how I approach this particular issue or, or meeting or area to make sure that the outcome is a win-win for everyone, yes? Yes, correct, absolutely, yeah. very important. Are there any other steps we need to be aware of? Then it comes back to, we did mention this before, but uh, following up the structure, so so not just um, having the meeting and then never looking at it again, but sure. reviewing what was discussed last week, what, what did we agree on, what actions happened, what didn't happen, Okay, what needs to happen moving forward? Because if we just have a meeting and then never look at the minutes again or never look at the notes that were taken again, then there's no point in having the meeting. 
Whereas if, if we have this, this structure of, of reviewing the minutes from last week and, and looking, okay, what do we need to do this week based on what's happened, uh, it gives your team the, the knowledge and the certainty that whatever they say they're going to do must be done mm. because they're going to be followed up. Yeah, absolutely. Otherwise, it just sits in a in a folder or in that communal area, but no one is actually going back and seeing, are we implementing this? Are we achieving this? Can we change this? Can we update it to make it even better? So any other things that we need to be aware of? The final part is just about ensuring that you have this approach of constant never-ending improvement. I don't think any business owner will ever get to a point where everything's perfect, everything's spot on and, and squeaky clean. But if you have an, a, an attitude of constant never-ending feedback, constant never-ending improvement with feedback, then that's when you can be happy with where you're at and then continue to seek to uh, refine and improve as things become highlighted that need need to be improved. Yeah, I think what this is so important as a reminder because as you you've mentioned throughout uh, the interview today that as business owners we get very busy you know very busy working on tasks and obviously making sure that the customer service and the products and services we continue to deliver are stellar <laughs> you know and and certainly um, really wowing our, our customers so that we can get just tied up in the doing of that but we really from a business owner point of view need to make sure that we have the structure in place that we do review that we do make sure things are up to date because it's we live in such a competitive industry now don't we or marketplace many of us now are finding that we're not only competing with local businesses but also yeah. national and in some instances international companies yeah. because of the technologies that uh, we now have at our fingertips so I think these are all very important things that we need to consider if we want to really put into place the steps so that we can have best practice benchmarks to create this harmonious and productive work environment. Give us a bit of an example. Now, we did mention that we need to have all of these things in place. You can't just have two and leave the rest. They have to be all in place. Can you give us an example, maybe a bit of a case study where uh, this was implemented and the noticeable difference that the company started to see? Yeah, so I worked with a business owner and the business at the time had been through turmoil it had been such a poor result year on year as a result of this inconsistent leadership and and teams there was just it was like a revolving door with with, with this wow. team just new people starting and new and people leaving and, and there was just no no consistency with the business which obviously affected and impacted the customers we got started and the business owner implemented all of these systems that we've just gone through, making sure that the team were aware of what was expected of them, that they had a very clear uh, and specific job description, holding them accountable and making sure that what they say they're going to do, they did do, having very clear and inspirational vision along with very clear specific measured numbers uh, for goals and strategies. And she was very good at holding people accountable, which I think can be a fear of mm. many business owners, um, which we, we'll get to in a second. But with that, having having that structure in place and holding the team accountable, they turned the business around near on $250,000. Oh, wow. I think this is based for 18 months. Mm. 
That's remarkable. That's remarkable. You know, and, and love that case study because I think it really goes to show that once we do take the time to put those steps into place, they are steps. Those are those are foundations, principles, processes that we can continue to grow our business because as we grow, as we, our customer service, you know, is, is so exceptional in the products and service we're offering more customers, that'll mean that we can sustainably grow our team because all of the structures, all of the expectations, all of that is, is in place. Just speak a little bit about you mentioned how often accountability for some business owners can be difficult because yes I agree I think and I don't want them to leave I don't want them to not want to like me you know that kind of thing what insight can you share with people today well it's it's human nature to want to take the easiest road to want to do the easiest thing uh, to get to the outcome and that that's not just with us as leaders, this, this is with our people as well. And, mm. and this is why expectations and, and job descriptions are, are so important because when you uh, have communicated these expectations and job descriptions, then then you can hold them accountable. Now, if, if you don't hold your team accountable, then what's the easiest route in coming to work and doing their job? It's easier for them to not meet those expectations, isn't it? It's, it's Of course it's going to be easier to not meet those expectations. So if there's no consequence to not meeting those expectations, then it's easier not to. So yes. so why would I exert myself? Why would I do anything more than what I need to do? So that's your people's human nature. And then you layer over your own human nature. And as leaders, we also want to take the easiest route. And sometimes as leaders, we'll, we'll perceive these accountability conversations as confrontational or, oh, but I don't like conflict or I, I don't want to have that difficult conversation. So I'll just leave it and I'll just I'll just pretend I didn't notice this time. And, yes. and so what happens is you see this this environment created of well, we say we're going to do things, but we don't really need to. And so then the business starts to flounder because nobody's really doing the job that they're meant to do. So there's there's no results created. It's so important, isn't it? I mean, everything that we spoke about today, if a couple of the pieces are missing, it's going to impact negatively across all the others. So it's very yes. important, isn't and it? Mm. Let me just explain why. I just want to explain to the why, why this is in, in human behaviour terms. So it's because people will do more to avoid pain than they will to gain pleasure. Your people, the pain in... In, in the is doing the expectations. If there's no other alternative or no consequence, then the pain is actually doing it. So they won't walk away. They won't meet their expectations. So what we need to do as leaders is make sure that it's more painful for them to not do the job description job or not do meet the expectations. And so by introducing that, it's not con confrontational, but that accountability conversation, and saying that if, if this is not done, then there will be a conversation had. And, and by doing that, when you follow through and do that, that's when all of a sudden it becomes easier just to do the job, just to meet the expectations because they don't want to have to have that difficult conversation, that confrontational conversation either. Very, very important. Everything that you've shared today, I think, um, has provided incredible value for, for people listening. If they recognise, okay, there are more than one of those things that we haven't put into place, we need to uh, work on those. And they'd like to know a little bit more about what you do. How best to, to get in contact with you, Lisa? They can go to my website, which is leadershipskillsreducethebills.com. They can contact me through there or there is also my facebook group which is my the movement i'm building 
on how to build the ultimate workplace. And if they search how to build the ultimate workplace in on Facebook, they will find my group and I'd love to welcome them. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you so much, Emmerine. Well, that brings us to the end of another show. I know that you have taken away lots of information to implement if you haven't already got those steps into place to get best practice benchmarks in the area of building a productive and a harmonious working environment. Now, if you want to connect with Australia's foremost collective of business experts and thought leaders that really are creating benchmark practices or best practice benchmarks in, across all areas of business, all you need to go to is ssba.net.au. That's ssba.net.au.